0: Hi, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush, and I'm Don Ludicky. We're bringing you your favorite romance authors.
1: You'll get to hear them read from their books and answer your questions.
0: Now, let's get on with the show.
1: So, we are live with Romance Happy Hour. I'm here with Dylan. Let's see if I can get this right. I got it right, Dylan. Mm-hmm. You did. You did. Yeah. I Everything's backwards. Dylan, should, obviously. Um, and Danica Bloom and Mel Walker. Hello. Welcome. Hey, welcome. Um, Thanks for so, joining us tonight. Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty excited. Um, we've only had two other men on this show. Ooh. So, that's, yeah, like you're our third. And and um, they are here together. And so yeah. Mel
0: is only our second show featuring a male Ooh. author.
2: Wow. Yes. Yeah. I feel honored. Yes. <laughs>
0: All right. So let's get into this. Dylan, what
1: are you working on?
0: Um, you might notice a different background. Um, I am actually in Galena, Illinois tonight at an Airbnb because I'm doing a, a book signing. It's um, Romantic Galena Reads, and it will be going on on Saturday. I know I keep getting my days mixed up because I keep thinking the signing is tomorrow, but, but it's not. Um, so yeah. So if you're anywhere near the Galena, Illinois area, I hope you'll come out and and find me. Um, And I am sharing an Airbnb. I don't know if my roommates will come in and and say hi, Mm -hmm. but I'm sharing with um, Casey Enders and um, CA McConey and um, Nancy Nagel, who isn't here yet. So she will not be saying hi because she is not here yet. But
1: but yeah. So my question is, so you said the book signings on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Are you going to go like sightseeing tomorrow or what are you doing tomorrow?
0: Um, so Casey Enders and I, funny story. I mean, we know each other because we're both um, we're both Midwestern authors and um, and we both have written books that take place around a whiskey distillery. And so um, we're we're going to go do a whiskey tasting <laughs> tomorrow. Nice.
1: nice. nice. Um.
0: Yes. And we may or may not have already been to the brewery in town. I can't say. No. So.
1: Right. Why can't you say this is romance happy hour? I've I'm definitely joking. got mine.
0: All right. So we did. We had dinner at the brewery and just barely made it back in time to be on the show. And I had the most amazing, amazing. I don't even know what it was. It was like a five layer something or other. It was a um, like a stout that was finished in a, in a rye whiskey barrel for five months. And it had like... Wow. Um, Mexican chocolate, and I don't know. When they talk about all the layers, like, I just know what I like, um, and and I liked it. So, so yeah, so it's good.
1: Nice. Nice. I feel like that with cigars. My husband smokes cigars. My favorite is this like mint, Java mint one because oh. it's got layers. Interesting. And also, girl flavors like Java and mint.
0: So <laughs> that that would be interesting in a cigar, but yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it's good. It's amazing. It
0: could be a risk. Good. Yeah. So, Dawn, what are you up to?
1: Oh, my agent wants me to edit a book that I've had out on sub for like a year. And so I'm going to revise again or edit and revise again. But it, I got a new agent. So, you know, I'm, I'm working with her, I'm going with the flow. I pulled my hardcore romance series because she wants to do some magic with those. So, yeah, we've got some stuff going on there. And then I'm just writing some cowboy books and being a real estate agent and a mom of four. But the biggest news ever is as of yesterday, I officially have a Marine. Woohoo! He made it, huh? He's not graduated yet, but he made it past the crucible, and the crucible is where they have to make it through before they become Marines. So mm-hmm. next week, I will actually be traveling to San Diego to Ooh. to go to my son's um, Marine Corps boot camp graduation. So that sounds excited. really rough. Yeah. yeah, we are definitely staying an extra day or two, and like mm-hmm. like we miss the beach. So hubby and I are going to be going and. Getting some sunburns because we're definitely white. So makes like, sense since the last time we were at the beach.
0: <laughs> so very cool.
1: And tonight we have
0: two amazing authors with us. Oh, yeah. bloom, you want to introduce yourself? And, and you your backdrop looks so picture perfect. I mean, I mean- right.
3: I know, I know. So staged. I did a course in staging. Uh no it- um, I am Danica Bloom, uh, USA Today best-selling author as of last December, Ooh, and gosh, uh, gosh. I write steamy rom-com romance with a rom-com feel to it, um, based up in Tiny Town, British Columbia. So um kind of keep my stories based in the Vancouver and uh, little, a little imaginary village, which is really my village. Uh, okay. That, that's what so I do
1: that leads me to say, if you don't, if you don't want to say you don't have to, but you live in Canada. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? We have a Canadian viewer, Linda. She's here. Oh, yeah, we might have more than one Canadian
0: viewer. We just know for a fact that Linda is. Yeah. We the love- east side of Canada.
3: So yeah. Linda probably knows if Linda's ever, Linda, if you've ever been to Whistler, you have driven by my house. Oh, and Gabby gray. I know she, oh, okay. she has actually been to my house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Yay. Awesome. Yeah. We love, I, I did not, I guess I did. I should have asked this. I always ask this before because I like to see who's been where I've been, but um, yeah, I'm glad you're from Canada. That's awesome. I love featuring Canadian authors.
3: Well I was listening to it's funny I was listening to um or watching a an interview with Mel earlier and I don't remember who was talk who you were talking to but you're talking about the whole Mets baseball thing you being a Mets fan and okay. and it just made me think I so I grew up in Quebec and my mm-hmm. dad is a Montrealer and my mom is from Boston and so it was always the Bruins and the Montreal Canadiens like you know the, oh, the, yeah. the clash the of the, yeah, so I was just thinking you had that in your family too, but with the Mets and the, the Yankees, yeah, the Yankees, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah.
1: So with that, Mel, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're working on, what you're giving away, whatever you want to tell us. Oh, like- sure,
2: sure. Well, first yeah. of all, thank thanks for having me. I'm excited for being here. Um, so I am Mel Walker. I am a um, contemporary romance writer. Um, the way I describe it is I'm just north of sweet. So I'm on a low heat index um, in terms of where I write. Um, even though I'm born and raised in New York, I actually write small town romance. I really love small towns in the community and the love and the shared environments there. So that's really my sweet spot. Um, so really enjoy that. And um, Dylan, you mentioned C.A. McHoney. So I met her in Dallas this year. So please tell her I said hi.
0: <laughs> I will. When when I told her, I'm like, I have to get back for Romance Happy Hour. And I said, yeah, we're having Mel Walker and Tannica Bloom. And she's like, I love Mel. <laughs>
2: Awesome. So she may
1: pop in. I don't
0: know. We'll
2: see. Oh, great! Yeah, she's she's amazing. Uh, we had a blast in Dallas, so it was it was a lot of a lot of fun. So um, just looking forward to to the discussion tonight. Um, I'm always working on multiple things, so I'll, I can talk later in terms of what what's going on. I just completed three releases in the last forty days, um, so I'm trying to catch my breath right now. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Take a
1: deep breath for us, Cole.
3: Yeah.
1: <sighs> <sighs> Awesome. Yeah. And um we do have a a, a Australian, Ina, she's our resident Australian. She likes to join us. So she's cool. Oh, yes.
2: Let's go Mets. Megan, thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah that's pretty uh, pretty divisive. I mean, you're
0: one or the other. Just like Chicago, right? You're either the the Cubs or the White Sox. White Sox,
2: yeah. Yep.
0: Like, I mean, like, families have been broken up.
2: Over, oh, yes. Yes.
0: Over those rivalries. So, which I'm a Cubs fan, so I know this, but um, it's pretty intense.
1: So let me ask this, because I did live in Boston for a spell. Um, But um, what is more of a rival to you guys, the Red Sox or like your – Yankees and Mets, like which one is more intense? Because I know people have died because the Red Sox. Won, <laughs> yeah. So,
2: so from easy. a New York from a New York perspective, it's two points of view. So if you're a Met fan, the rivalry is more with the Yankees, um just because we don't have the history so much with the Red Sox, even though we beat them in the in the World Series. If you're a Yankee fan, <laughs> the rivalry.
0: that in there. Yeah, I had to put that in
2: there. Um, but if you're a Yankee fan, the rivalry is with the Red Sox because you guys are in the same division and you're always battling uh, all all year.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was there when they reversed the curse, and it was not a happy scene. Yes. Um, riots <laughs> and like, I mean, people dying. I was like, your team won, people. Why are you killing each other? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. yeah,
2: it's pretty pretty serious. The Boston fans are pretty hardcore too, so. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Alright sure. well, We are here for Romance Happy Hour and I Danica has so sweetly volunteered to go first. Um she's going to be our first reader tonight. Um Danica, do you have anything you want to set it up or um I
3: will set it up. I will set it up. So this is this is an unpublished book. <clears throat> Pardon me. It's uh the first in a new series, um Power Brothers, so four brothers billionaires. And Um, We're cycling through people. I feel weird. Okay, I was (laughs) putting
1: the picture instead of the mute button. Sorry,
3: it's all good. It's all good. Um, So this is the first book in a brand new series of four billionaire brothers. Their last name is Power, and I'm going to do a reading starting from chapter seven. So the Virginia and Will have had their first meet cute on stage. He's like. He's like a Tony Robbins character. He's a bombastic, like motivational speaker. And he pulled her up on stage to do some live coaching. That was their original meet cute. And now uh, she managed to get herself into the program that she shouldn't be in. So this is where we pick it up. Chapter seven, willpower. So it's first person. So my male voice and my female voice are going to sound rather similar. The Power Broker call is humming along. Scheduled to last 90 minutes, we're right where we're supposed to be, with four participants remaining. The next name on the list is out of my mouth before my brain registers what I'm saying. I pull my eyes away from the camera to look directly at the face highlighted on my screen. Red hair pulled back in a tight ponytail. Holy crap. I stumble, repeating her name, trying to regain my composure. Virginia Beach. As I live and breathe, Mr. Power. Her smile is wide and confident. This makes no sense, but I can't figure it out now, nor can I pull my eyes away to look at my cheat sheet. Not that I need to be reminded of her business. Plant whisperer, I say. Yes, sir. Now one of many areas my business will be focused on in the coming year as I scale up. My thoughts spin. Why is she here? I drop my eyes to read the business target her coach prepared for her you have an ambitious goal of reducing greenhouse gas emissions from your business by 30 percent in the coming year. Virginia's expression changes to one of confusion as she looks away from her camera. A voice off screen says roll with it. She looks back and smiles, yes quite ambitious but with Mr. Liu's guidance I'm confident I'll reach it. Crap, I've read the next participant's target and Virginia handled my error like a pro. I decide to wing it. Ms. Beach, I'm having trouble keeping a plant in my office healthy. It's called angel wings. Any idea what I might be doing wrong? She's smiling as if we'd never met. Well, without actually seeing the plant, sir, I can't say for sure. But if I was to wager a guess, based on what I know about you from your Power Hour podcast and the seminar I attended, I'd say you're not leaving enough oxygen in the room for it to breathe. I hear Lou gasp off screen, but I. Before I can think of a response, Virginia laughs into her hand and then continues, just kidding, I'd really have to get to know the plant before I judge what's wrong with it. My jaw clenches. Then consider this an open invitation to scrutinize my shrubberies, Ms. Beach. I look down at my spreadsheet. Up next, we have Robert Ma. I click the leave button, leave meeting button, as I'm saying the next entrepreneur's name, then charge out of my office and bark at my executive assistant, Contact Robert's mentor, tell him I'm having internet issues, reschedule the last three participants and have a copy of Virginia Beach's business overview on my desk when I get back. I don't wait for her reply. I storm to the elevators and get in to the wrong one. Force of habit. I rarely visit staff floors. When the doors reopen three seconds later, Savannah is looking at me with a freaking smirk, pointing to the right. Lose floor, I demand. 26. As the doors close, I hear her yell, you're welcome. How the heck did Virginia Rainforest Beach get into our program? Is this kind of, some kind of hush scholarship for the way I treated her on stage? This makes no sense at all. When the elevator doors open, I don't slow to acknowledge Lou's assistant on my way to his office. I rap twice, then push open the door only to slam smack into the a small wall dressed in a blue suit dress, topped with fiery red hair. My arm shoots out and I catch her before she tumbles backward but the momentum pulls her tight against me into a stiff one-armed hug. I release her almost immediately, but not before my body registers the transfer of an energy that goes straight to my core and whispers, relax, I take a calming breath as I look down at Virginia Beach. She's holding her ground, staring right back at me with an authentic and confident smile. How is the most complete sentence I can pull together? Chapter 8, Virginia Beach. I knew that participating in the call would be a gamble, but I also figured Will Power would likely have no memory of our brief encounter and how he'd humiliated me on stage. And really, there was no credible way for me to avoid the group meet and greet without telling Mr. Liu the full truth, which I didn't want to do since I've learned so much from him in the three meetings we've had. I stand my ground, arms akimbo, projecting the energy that I belong here as Mr. Power stares down at me. I look up at him, not quite defiant, but in the same stare family. I've practiced the look for hours with Georgia, the one that says, that's right, I'm here, and there's nothing you can do about it. How, he asks. I wait for him to complete the question, but silence hangs between us. Does he mean, how do you do? Seems a little formal, given how frantic he was when he burst into the office. Or maybe, how are you doing? It's so nice to see you again. (laughs) That makes me smile, not bloody likely. How are you enjoying the program? Is Lou mentoring you well? I like that one, and I'm about to answer. But Mr. Lou comes around from behind his desk, hand outstretched to shake Mr. Powers. Welcome home, Will. Exceptional talent in the program this year. Well chosen. Mr. Liu moves his hand to my shoulder, patting in a fatherly way. And this young filly, your talent identifying dark horses never ceases to amaze me. Mr. Liu extends his arms toward Mr. Power, palms up and open, in a silent invitation for him to speak. Mr. Power glances between Mr. Liu and me three times. I hold my smile. Mr. Liu drops his hands. Then finally, finally, Mr. Power snaps to life, grabs my elbow, and pulls me beside him. Thank you, Lou. I'd like a private word with the talented and surprising Miss Beach. This is it, my inevitable, undignified escort from the building. In my mind, I'd pictured a security guard being called on to humiliate me. Never did I imagine I'd have to endure a repeat performance of that day on stage. Will he stand me in the middle of the lobby and make me a public example? Thank you for everything, Mr. Lou. I call over my shoulder before the door closes behind me. I stumble to keep up with Mr. Power's long strides, his hand still firm around my arm. Bye, Amanda, nice meeting you, thanks for being you. I call in the direction of her desk. Stop yelling, Mr. Power growls. I can see myself out, thank you very much. I twist my elbow free and wave my building access pass so he can see it. He grunts, that won't get you where I'm taking you. I stop dead in my tracks. I didn't do anything illegal. I say, not much louder than a whisper, not wanting Amanda to overhear. You can't arrest me, I hope. I mean, you did give me a golden ticket, even if you didn't intend to. And what kind of entrepreneur would I be if I didn't seize every opportunity? Those are your words. I simply followed your coaching, can't arrest me for that. Boom, stop talking, get in the elevator. I'm taking you to my office. Your guest pass doesn't give you access to my floor. He closes his eyes and sighs. When he opens them again, he tries to smile, but it looks pained. I'm not having you arrested. I just want to talk. I inhale my relief and register a fresh floral scent. I tilt my chin up and sniff the air near his neck. What are you doing, he asks, stepping away from me. I'm trying to figure out what that cologne is that you're wearing. I assume you put it on with the intention of people smelling it. Are you always so direct? It's off-putting. Dial it back when you're with me. I clear my throat loudly, <clears> throat> deep in my voice. If what you're doing makes people uncomfortable, keep doing it. It means they're paying attention. That's the first step of success, getting people's attention. Mr. Power spins on his heel. Is that supposed to be my voice? Are you quoting me to me as a challenge? I smile because the look on his face makes me want to laugh out loud, but that might be a bit rude, even for me. He shakes his head, but I notice his lip tip up just a little the tragedy of Lord George, I believe that's the cologne I put on this morning. I like it, I say, stating the obvious. The elevator doors slide open and Mr. Power motions for me to leave behind him. We step into a brightly lit foyer, twice the size of the one of Mr. Liu's floor. As we pass an oversized desk, scaled to fit the size of the space, a woman about my age half stands and pushes a file folder toward Mr. Power who grunts when he takes it, come. He pushes open a massive wooden door, waves me into an office that's twice as big as my entire apartment with Georgia. Mr. Power moves toward a polished, maple wood counter that appears to be a wet bar. With his back to me, I gawk at the furniture, the fixtures, the finishing of everything in this room. I wait 20 seconds for him to tell me to sit, to make myself comfortable, but he's totally ignoring me. Mr. Power, he turns, may I? I point to the wall of windows where at least two dozen plants form a small forest of life in this otherwise sterile space. Be my guest. He holds up a tiny white cup. You strike me as a woman who prefers a bitter espresso over a sweetened latte. And that's where I will stop. Thank you.
1: That sounds awesome. Oh my gosh. We should be unmuted. Everybody
3: yes. it. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I can hear you.
1: Very fun. Oh
0: my gosh. I was laughing. I don't know if you saw me down there, but I was laughing.
3: I did not see anything other than like <laughs> white light. <laughs> well,
0: and I think what I most enjoyed was um, Danica's expressions and the way you like literally wrapped on the desk and, <laughs> and you acted it out. That was awesome.
3: Yeah. Yes, distract them with what is it that expression? It's like if you can't wow them with brilliance, distract them with humor or something. You know, I don't know what it is <laughs> anyway. Oh, you're
1: yeah. so good, though. I mean, this this book sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think you had to distract
0: us. I, I think the words were speaking for themselves. No, that was very enjoyable. Thank you. Thank you. And I can picture them. So it sounds a little bit like a grumpy sunshine.
3: Yes, he's got a, He's got debilitating insomnia. Is his big problem oh. and
1: so
3: yeah so, yeah oh here and this is this is a big surprise for you folks here because I got this literally an hour ago from my cutler designer I don't know so you're the first people to see it. I don't know if you're going to be able to see it very oh. clearly but there we go oh. Oh,
2: wow so, fun so, yeah, yeah. Fun. very nice it's fun, very it's
3: fun. fun. are you going to drop it in the
1: comments
3: oh can I can't put it in these comments can I um not from here but you can go I'll on put page. it in Facebook
0: yeah, if yeah. you if you open up a window, you can post in Facebook. So I will do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. And we did have a couple questions. Um, we can always count on our friend Linda to bring some up. So I'm gonna pop one up here and we'll have both of you answer before we get to Mel. Um, Linda wants to know what do you think makes a good story? And um, Danica, since you just finished reading, why don't you answer first, if that's okay?
3: Uh first thought in my mind was engaging characters who make you want to hang out with them. That's what I try to do and that's because that's what I think makes a good story. Because I can't write setting very well.
0: <laughs> I would not say make that at all. all. I the office with the house plants and and I love how you said um, not sterile, but how, I think how it did how it did it you was. say it sterile or Oh, did
3: I say it Canadian or
0: something? Canadian accent? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, no, I, I thought you painted a, a very good picture. Oh, thank
2: you. Oh,
1: that awesome. Did I say Canadian? I love that.
0: <laughs> what do you think, Mel? What, what do you think makes a good story?
2: Um, I was going to say something very similar. I, I would think um, two interesting characters. Um, I would add a wrinkle in there in terms of making sure that they're in a difficult situation. I think mm-hmm. conflict always drives a story as well. But um, just two interesting personalities and in how um, you get two different perspectives attacking the same problem.
1: So then, that, that kind of forms a question in my mind: like, how do you come up with your characters? Then, do you have like a an algorithm you go by, or do you have like a character de- develop more, or do you have like a go-to kind of um, character or personality for your?
2: Yeah. I, so I, I play with it. Each, each story, I try to get different characters um, in terms of the personalities. Um, I do take a look at, um, there's a, a personality um, study in enneagram. Um, and so I look at that to see what type different types of characters and how the different personalities would also interact with one another as well. Because that's always a good place for additional conflict. Um, in terms of how they react as well. So you have the extroverts, you have the introverts, you have the fixers, you have the personalities that are quiet. Um, and just play off of all of those different um combinations.
3: Yeah. I'm I'm very similar, but I use I am a I'll spend two weeks and if I don't spend at least two weeks, I will mess it up. Um in the the wound thesaurus and the um olive olive um the yeah. thesaurus eye. Yeah. Um yeah. And I do that. I take the pages and I'm like, okay, this person reacts badly to that characteristic mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I figure out what their wounds are gonna be and what their positive and negative traits are gonna be in terms of personality. So.
1: Yeah. I have I have a like a, a, a catalogue of books, I guess I is my go to. In my in my Kindle, I guess the only ones I actually look at are my Thesaurus books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and then um I have the hero and heroine archetype mm-hmm. books that mm-hmm. I Look at when I'm doing my character development, but yeah, me too. Yeah, for sure. You said wounds, though. I didn't see that one.
3: The uh, the wound, it's isn't it called the wound thesaurus? The the red one. (laughs) I'm looking on my desk to try to see the new one because I only have like
1: it's not new, it's um, the emotional
0: wound thesaurus. It's the red one, and it's about um.
3: Yeah, not yeah. like like the gunshot wound. The, well, like,
1: I, the yeah. is, I was like, okay,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> Emotional wounds. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, and for those of you that might be aspiring authors um, or readers who are watching, um, what we're talking about is uh, a series of books by um, Angela Ackerman and Becca Puglisi. Is it Puglisi? I think. Um, who have written a, a series of books and they have like the emotional wound thesaurus and they have, um, I mean, I even got like the rural settings thesaurus. I mean, just, yeah. yeah, I have several of them now. I, I think I have almost all of them except the new one, but um, it it's just a great resource for authors because they, they kind of give you a little bit of a shortcut. If you're someone who maybe lives in a big city and has never lived in a small town, you know, it, it gives you, like different things that might be in a small town or if you're vice versa, it, it, you know, they do have one that's a, an urban setting. So, you know, it gives you just ideas and smells and um, yeah. all kinds of things that you can think of that, you know, would just yeah. maybe give you a, a little bit yeah. of a layup on trying to, to work on your characters and settings and things like that.
1: Yeah. Even love, they have like a lot uh, it's not love, but it's something else. I can't remember right now, but, yeah. But, well, there's
0: like the, I got, what was the blue one called the, I mean, it's just the emotional, the right. Where they just like I you know, different I could different know. descriptions and things. And, yeah. and they tell you different ways that you can say stuff. Like if you're nervous, you know, like what might happen. So you might have sweaty palms or you might have a dry throat or you might,
1: mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> my go-to. It's one of my go-to's for sure, but now my, my Kindle's saying, oh, you don't have me right now. You're yep.
0: in." All right. Let me see. Linda had another question. Let's, should we do one more and then we can have Mel read? Um, Linda says, do you believe in the concept of a muse? Hmm. Hmm.
2: I would say yes. I'm
0: laughing. Let's <laughs> well, let Mel go first on that one. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Who, who's your muse, Mel? Are we going to get some insider info here? Um, your your muse or your well, yeah,
2: my my wife is my muse. Um, I I do write with her in mind um, almost every story. Um, she's she's a big reader, but it's interesting. She doesn't read fiction. She like, reads nonfiction. Um <laughs> But um, I I always keep her in mind in terms of when I'm writing. Um, and you know the. I always think back to Al Meet Cute and Al History in terms of uh, putting some of those emotions and, and facts into the, the story.
1: Oh, I love that because. Okay, so, um, what is the what number one story that you've written that has the most of your wife in it?
2: Ooh, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> um, there was a story. It's actually unpublished now, um, called "White Collar Blues." Um, and the actual character had the same name as my wife. Um, so, <laughs> and she there's a lot of her in, in that story.
1: Ah, uh, nice. Awesome. Well, when you republish um, it, let us know on Romance Happy Hours so we can tell everybody, hey, this is his wife, go read it.
2: Okay. Awesome. Sorry. Will do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, you?
3: I I think I believe in a muse. But it's certainly not my husband. <laughs> so, uh, and I, it's so funny because in my first, <laughs> in my first, I'm watching, writing, oh my gosh, he's, he's right there.
1: He's right there.
3: <laughs> I named a character. I changed one letter. So I need it. So when I'm writing, I re, I, I do almost all my first drafts with the names of real people I know. So because I, I can accept the main characters. Um, but all the secondary characters and so there was this this grumpy bureaucrat and I was drawing from my grumpy 28 years working for the federal government husband for that character and firefighter and lots lots was so I named him the same name and then in the very end I just changed the last name from you know a b to a d so from a becker to a decker but aside (laughs) from that um yeah and I my I think my yeah, my muse is is conversations. My brother, in fact, is probably, if there's a real world muse, as opposed to just, you know, the, the universe dropping some ideas to me when I'm sleeping, my brother is the best for that. He's just so irreverent, and he takes things in the craziest directions, so I love that.
1: I love that you said that, because I was actually thinking this when I saw that earlier, that question. Is that I think that a muse is more of a, like a state of mind, like something that you can bring you out of your state of mind and into where you need to be. Um, like honestly, really deep dawn I know mm-hmm.
0: thank you. I think you're, you're getting really deep on romance happy hour tonight. Wow, thank
1: you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I was thinking about this because, like, like with our with our, and I'm gonna bring it up. The Beaver thing, like oh my god, <laughs> yeah, it always works for me. It does, so it has to be like my news. It's our romance, happy hour Beaver, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it works.
0: And it's so- a standing joke. Now you're gonna say, like, why you're talking about Beavers on?
1: Because you know, I mean, people <laughs> are just now joining us. They're gonna wonder what in the world are you talking about? I know. So we have this. We have this ongoing joke at Romance Happy Hour that um, I was writing a a logging book at one point. and, um, And I said, Dylan, I have writer's block. What the heck do I do? And she says, when in doubt, insert a beaver. And no matter what, it works for romance. And even if you're not writing a logging book. so And then Dylan has this cabin in the woods. And she goes up there, and she has this nuisance beaver at her cabin that literally just, like, makes her life hell up there. And so we just have this ongoing beaver joke. But every time Dylan has – every time I've had a, a writer's block, I've inserted a beaver. Even if there's no water anywhere near, I'll be like, oh, well, they were at, like, a museum, and there was a beaver on the wall. And then it gets me past – Mine. My hair is black. Yes. You know yeah. what, Dawn? If you want to tell everyone that
0: I have a magic beaver, you feel free. <laughs> oh I think Dylan and her magical beaver.
1: Oh my God, Dylan! She's <laughs> 13.
0: Um, but it's true because it's always worked. And Linda is saying, I saw Linda in the comments saying, I wondered when the beaver was going to come. We haven't talked about the beaver for a long time. Um, and Linda actually sent me a beaver, and and I affectionately call it Lindy. And yeah. Lindy has traveled with me. Lindy went to Nink last year, and, and Lindy had her picture taken with Lucy Score and um, several other people. So I, I should bring Lindy to Nink again this year because I'm going. I, and- I
1: don't know why you didn't bring her with you now to this book. You know I mean, what? Lindy is at
0: home, safe. My dog. um, I didn't realize it, but my dog really, really evidently has an affinity for beavers as well, because my dog likes to attack Lindy. So I have to keep Lindy <laughs> on my shelf. So
1: is that your Great Dane?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: So so she he he, he went from couches she, to beavers. She yes.
0: He, he, um, Gabby he, says they have beavers on nickels. Um, is that a Canadian thing in Canada? It yes. is indeed. Okay. So, Linda is in Canada and Linda sent me a beaver and yeah, so yeah. yeah, so and we do. We have nuisance beavers on our lake in northern Minnesota and I thought it was so funny because they were going to hire a professional beaver trapper and one of these days that is making it into one of my books, just so you know. Yeah.
1: So,
0: so yeah, so the beaver is a long-standing romance happy hour inside, yeah. inside info joke and now you uh, now it all y'all. Good. So on that it's note,
1: we have Meline Dawn? <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna say, but it's also my muse. I mean, that's it gets Here me past the writer's block. Also, Linda would like to note that we're not crazy huh? on romance happy hour, at least not too much. But awesome. on our regular, so. Just Dawn. Just <laughs> <laughs> I try. It keeps it interesting. That's right. All right, Mel, are you ready to read us your excerpt?
2: Sure, sure. Thank you. Um, So I'm going to be reading from my latest release, Summer Sounds. Um, So it's a story set in a small town in um, Oregon, Seaside a Resort. Um, So the story takes place just to give you some background of it. It's um, a week-long music festival at the um, Seaside Resort and Festival. And it features um, Haley Williams. She's the the heroine of the story. Um, she has a family band. Her and her two younger brothers, and they've been invited to the um, music festival to perform. It is um, Haley's attempt to save the family's band. They've been struggling, um, and they've had all sorts of dysfunction within the family as well. Um, they go to the the first day performance. And it's a disaster as the younger brother has acted out, he's a skirt chaser and he's late for the performance. So Haley actually has to improvise. What she doesn't know in the audience is a music producer who watches her on stage in terms of how she handles it. Um, So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pick up in chapter three, um, which is essentially their meet cute. Um, So Haley at this point has finished the production. Um, She's now hiding from her brothers after the disastrous performance. So. This is from the POV of Haley First Person. I hide under the boardwalk. I hide from the sun. I hide from my brothers. But most of all, I hide from yet another misstep I made when it comes to trying to keep my family together. I push up from my blanket on the sand underneath the boardwalk. The hot, blazing sun that forced me here hangs low on the horizon. A beautiful sunset I never get to experience back in Indiana one that deserves to be shared with someone special, one I had dreamed of sharing with my brothers, ice cream dripping down our hands on the boardwalk, goofy jokes shared, and a carefree evening that should be what summer nights are all about. Rather than getting to appreciate this moment, my head fast forwards and swirls with the impending disaster of our next performance in two days, our last chance to impress anyone. The appeal of the festival outside of the beaches and sunshine is the chance to cross paths with music industry types looking for artists. Very few music producers or record label execs ever touch down in Indiana. And even if they do, they never make it to our small town. The only saving grace thus far is that our bomb of a performance occurred on the first day. The crowd was small, and most of the industry types are still just now arriving. After showering and changing back at our hotel, I scanned social media. Not one post about our workshop, not one email, not one DM from anyone interested in, uh, in us. It's like we don't exist. That is a blessing and a curse. Every year, over a dozen bands make connections and land record deals right here at this festival. We are just one of a ne- nearly 100 artists here this week looking for the same thing. Blue A Collar is our family band. I'm sure I have blinders on and believe in it much more than the world has told us I should up to now, but I have to. We have decent success in Indiana, good enough to pay for drinks, meals, gas money, and new equipment now and then. We're scraping by. None of us are in a position to make this our full-time gig. This trip is not only supposed to heal what is troubling our family, but I'm hoping to get to a reality check on where we are musically. I know we're good, more than capable as musicians, but are we special enough to get a deal? This fall, I turned 26. The boys have been back from college for almost two years, yet the three of us back together in our childhood home, and we have to figure out what comes next. Laredo returned from college with an armful of tattoos and an entitled attitude. He demanded to sing Lee and I stepped aside to keep the peace, hoping to hold the band together. Things have only gotten worse since then. He's always been a handful, but over the last six months he's become purposefully cruel and mean toward Adam. It hurts like hell to watch them not only grow apart but bicker constantly. I scoop up my acoustic guitar sitting next to me in a blanket. The sounds of the seagulls walking at the sunset, triggering a reaction. My fingers strum a chord to block out the noise in my head. I'm like an addict looking forward to my next hit. Music is my addiction. My fingers return to the chord I toyed with on stage today, something about the combination of keys appealing. I pause and swipe at my phone, opening my songbook application. Guilt floods me as I tap the song I'm writing on my own. It's a solo piece. I've been working on it for six months, written between all of the arguments that my brothers have, while waiting for Laredo when he arrives late for rehearsals, back in the hotel room after gigs when the three of us scatter in three different directions. It's a song I feel guilty for falling in love with because it's the opposite of everything I do during daylight hours. It's my sanity song, the song I've promised I would sing only after knowing my brothers can stand on their own two feet, when we are no longer have the challenge of making the monthly mortgage on our childhood home when I can finally get back to my own life, the life I abandoned back on that fateful day, the day that changed everything for the family. With a straightened back and relaxed shoulders, I let the squawk of the seagull serenade me before strumming the melody from earlier. The The song is still missing the right soundtrack. Nothing I'm able to create is worthy enough to evoke the emotions I want these lyrics to carry. I'll probably be tinkering with this song for the next 30 years. We are one, always will be. Nothing will ever separate you from me. My voice cracks as I fight to clear my head. This song isn't just about me. It's about my family, the three of us. I modify the chord in search of a beat, falling back to the melody from earlier to allow my mind to find the space to create. Now it's my time. Now it's time to shift the spotlight from we to me. I bob my head and move my fingers along the strings, seeking the right sound. I close my eyes and repeat the primary chord melody. My fingers pause, yet I continue to hear the melody and it's not in my head. That can't be right. I'm not dreaming. I hear a drumming on the railing above me on the boardwalk. A hand banging out my melody against the wooden rail. My melody. Someone is mimicking my beat above me. How is that possible? I've finally gone to crazy town. I must be hearing things. Hard racing, I adjust the guitar and shift my melody. I need to know if what I'm hearing is a real or an audible hallucination, a magical brigadoon musical echo ricocheting back at me from the ocean. I repeat the new melody three times before pausing and I wait, holding my breath. My ears perk up as I hear the sound, lighter this time, the new beat echoing from above. It sounds louder and louder with each cycle. Whoever is doing it is growing with more confidence. Then I hear the voice, ba-da-ba. Da, da, da. It's a male tenor voice. His smooth interpretation tells me it's not that he's not only musically inclined but knows how to sing. I attempt to peek up between the cracks in the boardwalk but can't make out anything other than a dark patch of a body. I shift forward and move on to the chorus. It's a challenging section of a song. I hadn't figured out the melody yet. I slowly strum out the incomplete mess I currently have. His soft reply is gentler and matches what I play. Hearing it played back, I finally understand this melody will never work with the section of the song. I And I ceased playing. I just sang the chorus. So it's my turn to step out on my own, by myself, but not alone. It's the reason I know I can stand on my own, on my own. I repeat the chorus twice more, then close my eyes. Fingers crossed, I hold my breath and wait. The only sounds I hear are seagulls and the shuffling of feet on the, school, on the boardwalk above me. Did he leave? Did he even exist? I peer up and my heart races when the blob of darkness moves a few feet to the right. He's leaving. He's given up on me, just like I do. The familiar feeling of disappointment begins to take root, but evaporates the second I hear the bank. A complicated beat shakes the railing above. I close my eyes and rock side to side, attempting to connect the melody to the chorus. It's rough. But it fits, rhythmically. Then he speaks. Sorry, it's the best I can come up with on such short notice. His voice is rich and smooth like a late-night radio DJ my mom would play late on Saturday night when she took her hour-long bath. I can do better. Would you like me to continue? A wave of giddiness sweeps through me. I'd like that. Do you want me to start over? He shuffles his feet above me as as if mulling over the question. I wonder why. I'm rather enjoying this quite a bit, but in all honesty, I hold my breath and wait for his response. What I really like is for you to come up and join me. It's my turn to hesitate. It's like living a fairy tale and I don't want to break the spell. It's only been a few minutes, but I already feel a joy I hadn't felt in years making music. No family drama, no attitude. I have no idea who it is that stands above me. Who might it be that I'm sharing this magical musical moment with? Can I ask a question? I float up the question the query wanting to hide away from the noise and activity of the boardwalk just a little longer. Fire away, what is your name? I'm Marshall, Marshall Grant from Boston. Are you here from the music festival? That would be a yes. I snicker at his proper phrasing of the response. So Mr. Marshall Grant from Boston, are you a serial killer or anything like that? Well, I wouldn't be a good one if I answered that question with a yes. I'll go with no and hope you can hear the sincerity in my voice. I feel the heat on my cheek and know I must be blushing like a schoolgirl. His smooth tenor brings to mind another word that starts with the letter S, sexy. I squeeze the neck of the guitar and take a deep breath, attempting to work up the courage I know I will need. So are you joining me? Marshall asks, and I bite my lower lip and spit out my response before I change my mind. Why don't you come down here? It's quieter than the busy boardwalk, and it has better acoustics. I fall back onto the blanket and press my hands to my mouth to stop the scream from escaping. It's a bold statement from a woman used to holding back. I really ask for anything I want. I stare up through the cracks, expecting him to leap, leap over the railing and make a superhero plunge. Landing on one knee, fist punched to the ground, head tilted up at me, whispering, at your service, princess. Instead, I am met with a lack of movement. My words not forcing him into action, but rather inaction. I guess that is my superpower. Are you sure? His words drip with earnestness and concern, a combination possessed by a good man. My instinct to invite him is rewarded. The sun is setting, but the beach is still very heavily populated. Between the amusement park next to the music festival, the beach, and the dozen other activities taking place at the festival, I fully expect a steady stream of people to be within screaming distance. This spot under the boardwalk is cozy, comfortable, and gives me the illusion of being alone. But it's just that, an illusion. I'm not asking a stranger to walk down the dark abandoned alleyway in the middle of the night with me. I'm in Oregon, where they measure crime by the number of plants eaten by deer. I am safe. That would be a yes, I mimic his earlier response, hoping the staccato reply is recognized for the musical mastery it is. His chuckle floats across the warm ocean breeze and finds its way to my heart. I see you got jokes, talented and funny, on my way. Hold up, I shout just as he begins to move. His sneaker squeaks on the cracked wood. Change of heart? The way he says heart causes my to race. It's the opposite. I can't wait to see what he looks like. No, I answer quickly. The thought never had crossed my mind. Don't you want to know my name, I ask. I already know it, Haley. Haley Williams from Indiana. Wait, what? He doesn't give me a second to sit with my question, probably sensing where my mind may race. You played those same chords during your set earlier. Best sounds I've heard all day. Best sounds I've heard all summer. A smile pulls on my face like an unexpected reward. A man who compliments my smiles, my look, the style of dress I wear will have a million hoops to jump through for me to hear them. But one who recognizes my musical talents Something I've worked on all my life, something that means the world to me, receives an express pass to a special seat in the blanket next to me. Well then, Marshal Grant from Boston, hurry on down here. You've not heard anything yet. I'll pause right there.
1: Can I say I enjoy um, the references to the classics like Brigadoon? I love that. So
3: much, awesome.
1: That's hardly
3: at all. I love it. I ro- I actually wrote that down because I knew I would forget. But the magical Brigadoon, I wrote that. down, I was like, that's so yeah. oh, nice. Oh my gosh, I
1: love it so much.
0: I'm not sure what I enjoyed more. Um, either I mean the, the words were fabulous, but watching Mill Read was also a treat in and of itself. I was smiling, and I loved it. Like when you enjoy reading
3: something that you wrote, I mean, oh, that's yeah. the best. Oh, so. thank
2: you, thank you, thank yeah. you so much.
3: That was I, so much fun. I, I was just, I'm amazed at how well you captured a young woman's, like, I was listening going, yeah, that was totally be me at like, <laughs> you know, five years ago <laughs> or more.
0: Yeah, just, just a blink ago, right? Yeah, just a blink, just a blink, yeah. <laughs> It was fun. So much awesome. fun. Very enjoyable. Thanks for sharing.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you. That That's probably my most favorite meet cute um, that I've written. So.
1: It's definitely a meet cute. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was adorable. Um Linda is on fire tonight. Linda you know, is posting questions, but we do have a couple more. So um, if anybody else has questions, feel free to post them in the comments. Um, otherwise, it's like the Linda show tonight. <laughs> so, um, Linda wants to know, have any of your books been made into audio for either one of you?
2: No, not, not of yet. I've um, explored it and looking into it, but not as of yet.
0: That's a
3: goal.
2: Yes.
0: So just out of curiosity, because I've been um, listening to a lot of author podcasts lately, um, Google Play has AI that you can upload your book and they will create audio for you. Is that something that either one of you would ever consider trying?
2: I would have to see where the technology is.
0: I mean, it has to be wide, So your book can't be in Kindle Unlimited. It would have to be available on, on all retailers um, because they won't let you, you know, use their platform if you're, mm-hmm. if you're not selling it on Google. But um, I listened to an interview with the guy that's in, you know, in charge of their audio market and you have different narrators you can choose from. And I mean, I, I think that's been like a, a point of controversy it seems like with, you know, some of the, um, cause you know, I mean, we, we all have our favorite narrators and, um, and, Fully support. I mean, it, it takes major talent to to bring an audiobook book to, um, you but know, Kiss
1: Audio is also doing AI, aren't they? Is that- Kiss Audio is doing oh. AI as
0: well. Oh, I didn't know about that. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, so definitely, you know, you're 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 sacrificing a little bit. I think on just the way that because I feel like when um, when the narrators read a book, I mean, it's like they perform it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you're definitely sacrificing that if you're using, um, you know, a uh, AI generated. But yeah, I'm just curious because now it's making me wonder, you know, I mean, it's it's free versus, you know, um, several hundred dollars per produced hour. So it's just something that I'm, I'm wondering how authors are feeling about it. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Just, It'll be interesting to see where the technology goes because as you said, the, the narrators are so talented now. I, yes. I find it at least, you know, from what I've heard, I would find it hard for AI to, to match the quality that narrative uh, has. So yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I, I think it's apples and
0: oranges, honestly. I don't think it would be anywhere near the same.
2: But. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Have you seen those posts on Facebook lately, like AI um like um like art? Yeah. Like AI to do my book cover.
3: (laughs) I I actually asked my son, who's, he's playing a lot in AI stuff, and I asked him if he would uh, do a book cover with uh, a bare-chested six-pack guy and, like, it was ridiculously bad. It was so (laughs) bad. (laughs) Like, one of them had I can't even like it was an entire washboard, right? Like it was- <laughs> oh, no,
1: Like you don't have to, but are you willing to share that with Romance Happy Hour?
3: The image? Yeah, <laughs> I should. Find, I will ask Liam to send it to me. I will. He's. Awesome. I mean, if you can find it, oh, yeah. No, it was. There was some wild, <laughs> wild messes.
1: Yeah. I like to shake things up, you
3: know. <laughs> A good idea. I will. Okay, I, will so see if I can get them.
1: Hilarious. Yeah, definitely. We'll put it up be like danica shared this with us that's
3: mine yeah what do you think of my new book cover
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right there's one more question from linda star listener linda tonight um was there any special research required to write your latest book i'm assuming this is for mel because this is when she posted it when you were reading and, and if yes what were your resources i thought the same thing when i was listening to you talk about playing the guitar i'm like obviously he must play the guitar
1: Oh, I, I thought that too, like how much music, like training have you had?
2: Yeah, so um, I, I don't play the guitar. Um but, but No, 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 you're close. So the the character Marshall, I actually um, based a lot of it on my son. So he was a music major and a sound engineer um, and sound recorder. So he does music production as well. So I picked his brain and actually the dedication is to him in the book um, as well. So um, nice. Yeah, that's, that's where a lot of the research was. The other piece of research was um, the, the location in terms of Oregon. Um, so it's part of a multi-author series called Summers in Seaside. Um, and so there's 14 authors in the series. So we all um, talked about the, um, the small town places and yeah. things like that as well. So that was a lot of the research as well.
0: Yeah. So have you ever been to small town Oregon?
2: I uh, have not. Um, I do have a, a five book series based in, in Indiana, where I have spent a lot of time in, in Indiana. So,
1: so, and, and don't hate me for this. And I am not going to be hate, Linda. But Dylan and Mel, repeat after me. This is the neighborhood way of saying Oregon.
2: Oregon. <laughs> Oregon. 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 <laughs>
1: Oregon? I know, I love it. I love hearing how all of uh, Oregon. 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 <laughs> Oregon.
2: <laughs> I'm a New Yorker. <laughs>
1: <Oregon>. <laughs> no, I love mm-hmm. it. I love it so much. Russ proud tonight. I, know. I am spicy. Well, I am... You're
0: always spicy. <laughs> but um, that was that was the last question so yeah i mean i don't know we have other people watching but linda obviously is but if, if we gave out awards which we don't sorry linda um linda would get the trophy for tonight for asking questions but I, I, I gotta, go ahead i know you have questions don because you always
1: have no, questions go ahead i don't have questions what? I'm going to say, I don't have questions. I'm going to say, though, um, she's right on par with my time. Of course, we all know that my um, clock is off, um, but my clock says eight. <laughs> eight o'clock. <What? laughs> so She must be on my time. I don't know.
0: Why isn't she be on your time? What are you talking about?
1: I'm saying my clock. Okay, so it's probably four minutes early, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Four minutes. Or eight
2: mm-hmm.
1: but my clock says eight o'clock exactly so we ended the questions at eight o'clock exactly
2: oh
0: okay <laughs> i'm not sure where you're going with this yeah we, no, we know it, we life. know your computer clock is not right yeah um i have some other questions i want to know for both of you like what is what are you working on now and what's coming next yes
3: Um, I I'm working on book two of this billionaire series so uh, Will Power has a twin identical twin brother named Colt and uh, so there's uh, some identity changing and stuff going on in there so he's he's the next one up and uh, yeah that's fun that? with the billionaires i wish i could find people to research though you know like can you take me around for a couple of days in your billionaire world like, so far not unlike you mel like i wish i had a son who was a billionaire who i should watch yes,
2: so do i
1: <laughs> i love the name cults though especially well, the billionaire i think that would be a very sexy billionaire name
3: thank you i i was pl- i'm playing with like so, so there's willpower, and then Colt, and then the family, they call him horse, like horsepower. And yeah. uh, the accountant is Brian, which is kind of a joke because he's brain power. But, of course, it's a stupid oh. name. So. And then uh, the last one is Aiden, which is fire, firepower. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's
0: fun. Uh, See, those are the kinds of things that we as authors do to amuse ourselves. ourselves. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Because, yeah, maybe, I mean, people will get it now, but, you know, I mean, they probably would get willpower, but they might not get firepower or brain power out of that. So, yeah, I, I love doing little things like that that I make
1: myself giggle. Yes. Yeah. So I was going to say I got willpower. I, um, Virginia Beach, I also um, met my husband there. So I don't oh, know. Very nice. There's a Virginia Beach. But that is where my husband and I had our first date. And so I was, like, super excited. And I meant to I that
3: right fun. Very fun. I have never been to Virginia Beach. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's really
2: very awesome. nice. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Cool. So um, I'm working on a, um, I'm making a full-length novel out of a novella that was part of an anthology early in the year. So working through that, it's called um, Kiss You Back. And it's a 10-year high school reunion um, romance. Mm-hmm. So Second okay. Chance. So. Nice. I love Second Chance. Yeah.
0: I just love it because there's so much history there and you get to play off of that and then like bring things from the past into the present. And it's probably one of my favorite tropes, but, but then I find myself like gravitating toward that all the time. I tend to really, you know, like want to just lean into that. And I need to force myself to write other things too. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's like one for me, it's one step below. Like I love his, historicals because I can like make up things like nobody knows if I'm lying. What? what are you talking about? Historical people always know if you're lying. No. Yes, they do. History is way crazier than any author can actually come up with. I'm. No, I understand
0: that. Me. But but if you say, you know, like you use a word that people didn't even use back yeah, then, like haven't been invented, people call you out on words. that.
1: I'm not talking about words. I'm talking about my people, my characters,
0: my characters. Um, anyway, write her own history, Anyway, so it
3: doesn't I
1: matter. Mean, but second chance is one step below that because second chance it's a, also a history, like, you get mm-hmm. to history. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I guess you get to create everybody's history. Oh, I've had two glasses of wine. I have two glasses of wine
0: when you're on romance happy hour. Next time, well, next time I will not be there because I will be in Florida. So Dawn, someone is going to make sure that Dawn is on her best behavior. And I'm, I think I'm going to put Linda in charge. Yeah, Linda, <laughs> you're in
1: charge. You're in
0: charge. Linda, clear your calendar for the fourth Thursday. We're going to need you. Um, I'm pretty sure. We're going to need you. No, I'm teasing. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I we- do one more question, and I don't mean to, um, I, yeah, I know Linda's saying No. <laughs> Um it's super interesting to me though, and and I don't know, because I mean here we are, you know, three females, and I'm just wondering for Mel, because I mean, usually it's women who are, you know, working in a predominantly male world for jobs and stuff. So how does it feel as a male romance author? I mean, do you do you feel the camaraderie or is it oh, yeah. what's the experience like?
2: It's it's been an amazing experience from, from day one. The good. support and love in the community is overwhelming. Um, I, I tell everybody, it's 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 an amazing community. Um, so supportive. Like I said, from from day one, everyone's been so open and approachable, um, and I I love it. I love it. Good.
0: Yeah, that's well, good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it just fascinates me um, because there are actually several male romance authors who don't like like they don't go public about, you know, that they're
2: writing romance. And so it's- Well, I'll 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 tell you a quick funny story. So when I first um, started this journey, um, I wasn't big on social media. So I, you know, I didn't have my photo up. I had, I actually had an icon of Mr. Met as you know, that was my avatar. Um, And so I'm posting in all these groups and everybody and everybody assumes based on my name, I was female. Mm-hmm. um and I was like whoa <laughs> so <laughs> I quickly had to update everywhere and put my photo there and like because I didn't want anybody to think I was right. there you know trolling or anything like that right um so yeah. I had to quickly call out in a couple of threads where you know people had very detailed conversations <laughs> about the female perspective I was like hey there's a guy here just so you know <laughs>
0: Funny. Just it's yeah i I think it's really interesting um just I, I love it I, yeah. I love that there are guys that are writing romance I mean I, I just think it's fabulous so
1: well and I guess say like 10 years ago um one of my favorite author historical too historical mm-hmm. romance authors was a male I can't remember his name off the top of my head I'd have to go look at my books but um yeah I mean I have a ton of his books. So I mean it's not a new thing, but it's definitely rare
0: mm-hmm. and
1: awesome. So yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, we're glad to have you. Thanks for being on the show.
2: Oh, thank so, you. Thanks. It's been a blast. Um, and just so you know, I I do, am doing a giveaway. So assign um autograph paperback if you're in the US. I could do an ebook if you're international. Um, and I'll let you guys determine the winner. Um, just let me know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And i have got uh, and you're it's a you choose you choose because I'm in Canada and postage is ridiculous mm-hmm. um, and it also takes forever and is not reliable. Um, an ebook of any of my backlist or yeah. the first, or the billionaire, uh, you just have to wait until I publish it.
1: Yeah, where's choice? Awesome, choice. we love that.
0: And that, um, that giveaway is up on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page, and we will keep that open through the weekend. So if you haven't had a chance to pop over there and enter, please do that so that you get uh, a chance at winning one of those. Yep.
3: So.
1: And with that, I think we should say good night. Thank you
3: so much. Great to meet you, Mel. Dawn, see you again.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it was a
0: lot of fun. Thanks for being here. We really appreciate it. And I'm assuming you both have websites, so if if anybody wants to look up your books and stuff, they can find you. And you want to give us your your URL real quick?
2: That's it. DanicaBloom.com All right. AuthorMelWalker.com All
1: right. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so
0: much.
2: Great. Thank Thank you. you, guys.
0: See All right, we'll see you next time, or Don. will see you next time. I'll be I in Florida you. on the beach with my toes in the sand. Can
1: you at least post a picture of your toes in the sand yes. so we can look vicariously through and, you? And,
2: and bring a guitar.
1: Yeah. Well, I, no. <laughs> I know they're, they're having a karaoke
0: night, and people will probably pay me not to sing. So How about yeah. Lindy, bring Lindy. I might. I might. Okay, right, I'll Thank take my you. beaver to the beach. Thanks, Don. <laughs> <God. laughs>
1: Alright. Have What's a great <laughs> I'm pushing the end button. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode
0: of Romance Happy Hour. To find out who's coming on next or catch up on the video episodes, visit our website at romancehappyhour.com. Don't forget, you can always join us
1: live on the second and fourth Thursday of each month on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page.
0: To connect with Dawn or me, check the show notes for our contact info. We'll
1: see you next time. Cheers!